Terry Met, virtual traveller, and welcome back to Stories from Law, a monthly podcast that explores folklore and the stories it inspires. My name is Dawn Nelson, and I am an author and professional storyteller. In this extra episode of Stories from Law, I'm telling you the story of the buried moon, an old Celtic tale passed down through the oral traditions. The new moon is a time to rest and reflect, to set some intentions for the coming month. And I find the last new moon of the year particularly special, as it's around the time that people are starting to set intentions for the new year as well. So this is a great time to think about those things that you would like to do in 2021. After all, 2020 hasn't exactly worked out the way we'd expected it to, has it? There are many folkloric explanations throughout cultures which look at why the moon waxes and wanes each month. Some of these are the idea that an animal living in the moon has eaten that moon, or that the moon herself is somehow turning her back on the earth. In this story, the idea is that the moon has become lost in the dark and perilous marshes of the fens of the UK. And so for this new moon, I'd like to tell you the story of the buried moon. This audio has been taken from a video that I live streamed through Crowdcast. And I hope you enjoy this story for the new moon. The moon has always been everyone's friend. It has illuminated the gloomiest of corners and the darkest of hours. And there are few that are not touched by the power of the moon. She is the sister of the sea, after all. We can all see the tides come in and out. But there was a time when the moon disappeared. And that is the story I'm going to tell you about. A long time ago, when people weren't building on every inch of land houses, marshlands used to stretch for miles. And it wasn't safe to cross those marshlands unless it was by a full moon. Again, there she was, friends to the people that lived around the marsh. They would only cross the marsh when she shone. And that's because there were some dangerous beings within the marsh. It wasn't just that they were afraid of getting stuck in the mud or tripping or, or falling. It was the creatures that lived there, the boggles and the boggarts, the kelpies and the green teeth, the willow, the wisps and the ghouls. They all lived in those dark places. And when the moon wasn't shining, that was when they were at their most powerful. And they could come out and they could take someone from the path. They could take you to your death or worse still, to that liminal space where you would be trapped and only they dwelt. Well, news of these creatures got to the moon and she could not believe that such awful things lived down on the earth within the darkness. And so she thought she would go and see for herself. Of course, she had to go in disguise. And so she took with her a big, thick, black velvet coat with an enormous hood. And it went right the way down to her feet. And there were just tiny shards of moonlight that came out the bottom. 
When she got down to the marshland, she could hear the snickering and the snarling and the laughing of all the boggles and the boggots and the kelpies and the green teeth. And well, they knew she was there. They could see those shards of light coming out the bottom, but it didn't stop them enough. They were still around. And as she was watching them and she felt them and she could hear them and, and she could see what they were doing, she now believed that these creatures existed. And she was getting ready to go back when her foot got caught in the root of a gorse bush. She couldn't pull it free. And as she was trying to pull it free, she pitched forward and into the boggy, claggy mess that was the marsh. And she couldn't free herself. She couldn't free her foot. And then her arm got stuck and the cloak, well, it fell off her head and there was a bright light and all the creatures knew she was there. She quickly pulled the hood back over her and hoped that maybe somebody would come past soon and would be able to help her. It wasn't long before she heard a shouting from in the dark somewhere. Somebody shouting for help. Moon, where are you? He was shouting. I am lost. I will surely never find my way out without you. And she could hear the boggles and the boggarts and the kelpies and the green teeth and the will-o'-the-wisp and the ghouls creeping closer and closer to the man that was lost in the marshlands. And she couldn't let it happen. She couldn't let them take him. And so she shook off the hood of her cloak and there she was shining out of the boggy marshland and the mud and the peat. And the man rejoiced and he was so happy that he was able to find the path again and make his way out of the marshland that he ran. And she was so happy to see him free that, well, she forgot to ask for help herself. And she was stuck again. And the boggles and the boggarts, they could see her. And they closed in closer because they weren't afraid of her anymore. They could see that she was stuck. They pulled in closer and they said, what shall we do with her? Let us slice her up, they said, and feed her like silverfish to the bitterns. Oh, no, said the Kelpies and the Green Teeth. Let us drag her down to the bottom of the marsh so she never comes out again. Oh, said the Will-o'-the-Wisp. Let us put a large stone over the top of us. Let us bury her and dance on her grave. Oh, yes, we'll do that, said the Will-o'-the-Wisps. And so that's what they did. All of the terrible darklings that lived within the marshes took an enormous stone and they dragged it with all their might over the top of the moon until there was not a chink of light showing. And the moon was effectively dead and buried. The will-o'-the-wisps, they did dance above it, little tiny lights, perhaps leading people astray off the path. When the moon did not reappear later that month, as the people were expecting, they started to wonder where their moon had gone. And they certainly weren't going to cross the marshlands because now at night they could hear them shrieking and cackling and snarling. And they knew that they could just do whatever they wanted without the moon there. And well, where was the moon? Soon another month rolled on and then another and three months had gone and the moon, the moon had gone. So they thought they would go and see their wise woman. After all, the wise woman always knew what to do. 
So they went and knocked on their door and they said to the wise woman, where, where is the moon gone? Well, the wise woman, she got her screeing bowl and she looked into the dark water and she could see nothing. I do not know, she said. This was the first time the wise woman had ever failed them and the people left, unsure what to do, confused, frightened. Soon, news spread across the villages and the counties. There was talk on every farmstead, in every home, and in every pub and inn. And eventually, news reached the ears of that man on that night that the moon had saved. And he said, I know where she is. She had fallen down and into the marsh. I did not realise that she was stuck, he said. Well, we must go and get her, said the people. But first we must go and speak to the wise woman and find out how we do that. And so again, they were on the doorstep of the wise woman. And this time they had the answers and the wise woman was able to help them. She said, OK, but you must not enter the marsh with all of those horrible beings that wish you ill unless you put a stone in your mouth and do not speak a word. Every single one of you must do this. And you must look for a place where there is a coffin and a cross and a candle burning. Okay, so the people, they all gathered together, man, woman and child, and they all put stones in their mouths and they walked across the marsh. They were gonna save the moon. They knew they had to do it. And they did not turn back when they heard the shrieking and the cackling of the boggles and the boggarts and the kelpies and the green teeth and the will-o'-the-wisps and the ghouls. They continued across the marsh. They could feel the claws on their heels, but they did not turn back. And soon they saw the enormous stone. This must be it because it looked like a coffin. And then they saw the roots of the gorse bush, which looked like a cross. And then dancing across the stone were the will-o'-the-wisps that looked like candles. This was the place the wise woman had spoke of. They knew it must be. And so silently they gathered around the stone and started to edge it off the top of the moon. The time that the moon had been under the stone, she'd managed to free herself, thankfully, but of course she couldn't get through the stone. And as soon as the stone was moved, she flung herself back up into the sky and shone bright. She was very grateful to those people and the people took the stones out of their mouths and they cheered. The boggles and the boggarts and the kelpies and the green teeth and the will-o'-the-wisps and the ghouls, they all disappeared back into their corners and into the dark night. And that is why the moon will never visit the earth again, because it's too dangerous for her, because what if she was never found again? So what I say to you is next time you're out, just have a little look up into the sky and check she's still there, just in case she's changed her mind. I hope you enjoyed this story. I'd like to thank all my patrons for their support of my Patreon, my stories and the podcast so far. You can, of course, join my Patreon for extended episodes and from January to vote on the theme for new episodes. You can also find digital zines and audio stories and you can find my Patreon by going to www.patreon.com forward slash DD Storyteller. I do hope to see you there as I'd love to tell you another story. 
I'll be back on Thursday with more folklore and stories, this time exploring the hob problem. So those tiny little household helpers that you may have in your house or you may not. Well, if you don't, have a little listen to the next episode and you'll find out how you can acquire yourself one. For more stories woven with folklore in the old ways, you can also find me on Facebook as Dee Storyteller and on Instagram as at Dee underscore Storyteller. I also have a Facebook group called Stories from Law and there we share folklore and music and books and chat a little about the podcast. Thank you for listening and I'll see you again soon for more Stories from Law. Toodle pip! <laughs>